good. My aunt? My aunt, good. Wow, that's good. Those, every time, I know, every, you know, every time I preach in chapel, I asked Brother Collins to sing that song, He Came to Me. That's, that's my favorite. And uh, I love that. I love that, man. If you don't get goose pimples and tears in your eyes, I love that. Brother John, thank you. Boy, did a great job playing the piano. And uh, amen. I love that guy. Amen. He's good. He's a good guy. Amen. Good to have the Weirs today. Now, the re I don't, they came. I didn't know they were coming, I guess. But I was good to have the Weirs. And I, I'm going to use them a little bit because... I want to say something. We're going to honor a preacher tomorrow, honor our pastor tomorrow. Ten years. I came a few months before he did. And then he came in February. It was his first Sunday. And the first Sunday I got there, back in those days, Brother Mason was the president. And once in a while, I would sit on the platform. And that particular Sunday that he was there, I, would sit, I, I sat on the platform. And so you go meet in the conference room upstairs before we come out. So things are different now. But, of course, back then, that's the way we did it. And so I was in there, and I never knew Pastor Wilkerson, never laid eyes on him, never been introduced to him. And uh, I was out on the East Coast, he was on the West Coast, and uh, whatever, but I was excited, but I knew he was God's man. And Brother Bob Weir was on the pulpit committee, one of the men, him and Terry Duff, Bob, uh, I don't know, how many were on the pulpit committee, Bob? Seven men were on the pulpit committee. I think there was 47, 48 names on the pulpit committee, and it got down to two, and then it got down to one, and they chose uh, Pastor Wilkerson. Somebody say amen. amen. And that was, I like Brother, uh, Brother Collins said that uh, when we are going through some real dark times, he is God's man. And I really thank God for Pastor. Matter of fact, some of my message, towards the end of my message, I'll bring it out. But if you notice, all the songs today are about one person, and that's Jesus. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And Bob was on the pulpit committee, and I think one of the, and maybe I've said this the last time I preached in chapel, but in Create a Clean Heart, I told about Pastor and, and uh, what uh, Terry Duff said about a man of integrity. Right, Bob? A man of integrity. And we do have a pastor with integrity. And I thank God that I can work for someone and look at him and, and just his lifestyle and his his demeanor and his, his graciousness and his love and compassion for people is unbelievable. It touches my heart. And uh, almost every Sunday, he has a huge table in his living room or in his dining room. And uh, about 12 or 14 can get around that table. And there's hardly a Sunday that goes by that our pastor doesn't have at least 12 to 14 people at his home. No respecter of persons. The Sunday, that I, particular Sunday, I had to be there. Uh, there was a mission man sitting there. There was a lady over here divorced and had a couple children. And I thank God that our preacher is not a respecter of persons. And that he, uh, he loves you. And uh, I, want, I, want, I want to get into it a little bit later. But uh, take your Bibles and let's all stand and turn to the book of Colossians. These are great verses about our Savior Jesus. And that's really what I want to uh, talk to you about. But I want to look at these verses here. Colossians chapter number 1. Paul here is writing to the church at Colossae. Paul is in prison at this time and um, about to be beheaded. And, but he wrote the church at Colossae to prove 
the preeminence of Jesus Christ, that he's number one, superior, the preeminence of Jesus. Paul is in prison, like I said, in Rome. And he is writing the church at Colossae to combat their false teachings. And he wants to confirm to them the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Okay? And if you notice, let's go down to verse 15 and 16. It says here, and let me read this, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And let me give you a statement I wrote down. One of the strongest statements about the divine nature of Jesus found anywhere in the Bible is that Jesus is not only equal with God, but he is God. That's the deity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is God. In John chapter 10 and verse 30 it says, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. He came from heaven, not from the dust of the ground, and he is the Lord of all. He is completely holy, and he is over all creation. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, for this time at Hiles Anderson College. What a privilege and an honor it is. Every time I stand behind here, I get goosebumps, and I, I get thrilled. I get tears in my eyes, and the emotion of young people sitting before me. And I think of their life. I sure want God to use everyone in here. And Lord, I pray that because of this message today, we'll become closer to Jesus. Because really, it's all about Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. Lord, take this heart of mine. Give me clarity of thought. And I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. We must believe Jesus is our God or our Christian faith is hollow and meaningless. doesn't mean anything. Jesus is the Savior. Look at verse 14, 13 and 14. Let's look at verse 14, 13 and 14. Are we all there to say amen? amen? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us unto the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have what? Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so we see here, Jesus is our Savior. But man's greatest problem is what? Sin problem. Sinners need a Savior. And number one, Paul was, made four statements here. And I want you to follow along. He made four statements. Number one, Jesus delivered us. Look at verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. We're all in darkness at one time. We came from darkness to light because Jesus Christ is what? He's the light of the world. Amen? Amen? He's the light of the world. So he rescued us from the danger. He delivered us from darkness to light. Number two, he translated us. Look at verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us onto the kingdom of his dear son. In the Old Testament, God delivered Israel out of bondage from Egypt. And he took them into the promised land. Jesus brings us out of that and out and brings us into him. 
and the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He delivered us. He translated us. And number three, he redeemed us. Look at verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Aren't those great verses? These are un unbelievable verses. I mean, to show you that the deity of Christ, that Jesus is God. Um, and, and so he redeemed us. He, the ransom ha has been paid on Calvary, okay, through faith in Jesus Christ. We've been set free, amen? amen. I was thinking the other day, uh, I, wanted to, I haven't seen George Yoder for a long time, and he's an Amish man that I, I baptized, and his, him and his wife, and led him to Christ and Enos Yoder. They were Amish people, and I'll never forget when uh, he got off his knees. It was a Thursday night out in Pennsylvania, and uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, one of the men that led, that led George to Christ, I didn't lead George to Christ, I led Enos to Christ, but led to, was in Missouri. He just called me the other day. He's a missionary, and he wants me to come down to his church, and he says, man, I, you're the one that led Enos to Christ. And, but I'll never forget that night. My wife was there. And my, matter of fact, my mother-in-law was in town, and, I, and he accepted Christ. He had his garb on and the goatee, you know, the whole thing, and the garb of the Amish and, and whatever. And he prayed and he asked Christ, and he received him. And uh, he got off his knees that night, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. I'll never forget it. He said that the chains have fallen off. He said, I'm free. I'm free. Aren't you glad you got freedom in Christ? Young people, can I tell you this? Hiles Anderson College is all about Jesus. First Baptist Church, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about him. He not only redeemed us with the, the ransom that he paid on Calvary through his faith, and they have faith in Christ, but we've been set free. He not only has redeemed us, but he's forgiven us. Wow. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven us. Forgiven and forgotten. Redemption and forgiveness go together. And Jesus has already set us free. He canceled every debt. Satan can't find anything that will indict us. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the preeminent one in salvation. There's no other that could redeem us and forgive us, only Jesus. If Jesus did not forgive us, you could not have fellowship with him. Jesus had to shed his blood to deliver us from sin. Moses and the Israelites, the only, I shouldn't say the only, but the, the blood that was shed back then was a lamb, an animal. But Jesus went to Calvary for us and shed his blood and hung there. Do you think often? Do you think about Jesus often? It's pretty easy to do. What do you think about? I guess maybe because of my age, Brother Collins. Kids me about my age. But you know, as I get older and the age that I am, maybe you think the same way, Bob. I'm not sure. We're about the same age. I think a lot about Jesus lately. I think how good he's been to me. 
And he's out taking care of me all of these years. He has fed me. He's clothed me. He's given me a home and a family. He's put up with me in all my shortcomings and all my failures. And all the times that I thank him and praise him. You'll hear a lot more messages in this chapel before graduation. But I want to tell you one thing. It really boils down to one thing. It's what your relationship is to Jesus Christ. And if you want to do anything for the Lord Jesus Christ, amount to anything, as I did in Old Testament leaders this uh, today, I talked about Joseph. If you notice all the verses, the Lord was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. And God prospered Joseph. God prospered Joseph. Why don't we let Jesus prosper us? Because it's all about Christ. And finally, when it comes to creation, Jesus had to shed his blood. Jesus Christ is the creator of all. He existed before creation. Jesus was not the first being created since he himself is the creator of all things. The firstborn of every creature means prior to creation, Jesus is our eternal God. He created all things. In John chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, All things were made by him in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible. Invisible. And when it comes to creation, Jesus is the primary cause. He planned it, he produced it, and he did it for his own pleasure. And finally, he holds all things together. Look at verse 17. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17. And he is before all things, and by, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, and who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the what? Preeminence, number one. Can I ask you a question this morning, young people? Does Jesus Christ have the preeminence in your life? Is he number one? Is he number one? In this vast universe, you heard that song has been out, oh, good night, I don't know how many years ago. He's got the whole world in his hands. I've got the whole world. He does. He holds it in his hands. And by the way, you can't get any more secure than that. Amen? And so simply, the title of my message is this. It's all about It's all about Jesus. And the reason I chose this message today is a few weeks ago, Pastor Wilkerson was in my office. It was a Thursday. My wife was out. It was in the afternoon. I think he had a meeting. And he stopped by and he came in. And, and he was took off his coat and even his sport coat. And we just sat and talked. Talked a little bit about what's uh, uh, the uh, some fellowship meetings. We talked about, uh, oh, the big... Uh, the um, super, uh, Servants Conference, what he would like me to do or some of the things that he would like me to do from the alumni office. And we discussed some of that. And, and, but then we talked a little bit about family. And, I, and I'll be quite frank with you. I kind of, I don't remember him just being that relaxed. He just kind of relaxed. And I made that comment to him. And I said, boy, it's just 
It's great to have fellowship like this and just talk and whatever. And he made this state for, statement to me. He said, Brother Froke, it's not about fellowship. It's all about Jesus. And that's what he said to me. And I thought, wow. He told me a story about Brother Sexton. Brother Sexton was preaching out, and he was preaching to a conference, and he was preaching on Colossians and the preeminence of Christ, the preeminence of Christ, for about 40 minutes. When he was all through, a bunch of preachers got together, and they were talking and talking and talking and whatever, and one of the, they got together and said, you know what, Brother, Brother Sexton, uh, boy, isn't this great having this fellowship? And he stood up. He said, gentlemen, for the last 45 minutes, I've been talking about the preeminence of Christ. It's not about fellowship. And I put that together, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It really is all about Jesus. And I love fellowship. And I love getting together. But it's all about him. And for the next few minutes, I just want to talk to you about that. Jesus delivered us from darkness to light. One of the great stories as I teach the Gospel of John is John chapter 4, the woman at the well. I love that story. How the woman at the well, how Jesus changed the life of a harlot to a soul winner. And by the way, only Jesus can change a life like that. And only Jesus can change your life. And he changed my life. Nobody, don't let anybody shake your roots about the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. We need to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and realize that He is the King of Kings. You see, my heart's a little cold this morning. I'll tell you, I got the cure. Think on Jesus. Think on Jesus. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, look at this hymn book. Look at this hymn book right here. The hymn book we use at church and in the college right here. Look at it. It's all about Jesus. Almost every page in this hymn book is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus included me. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is sweeter, uh, sweetest name I know. Jesus keeps me near the cross. Jesus knows my, all my struggles. Jesus loves even me. Jesus loves me. I, this I know. Jesus loves the little children. Jesus saves. Jesus paid it all. It's all about Jesus. Rob, are you here today? Where's Rob? Not here? Rob said, hey, Brother Froke, I've got a verse for you. Man, I, I should have thought of this verse. I love this verse. Listen to the verse he gave me. Acts 4.12. Turn there. Turn to Acts Hey, let's read that together. Can we read that together? Isn't that a great verse? It's a tremendous verse. I love this verse. Acts 4.12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Let's read it together. Here we go. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be. Woo! Glory. Somebody say amen. amen. Neither is salvation in any other, for there is none other. Amen. It's only, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. Jesus, who is he? He's the Almighty. 
He's the amen. He's the author of eternal salvation. Jesus is the beginning. He's the bread of life, the chief shepherd. He's the cornerstone. He's the creator. He's the everlasting father. He's the I am. He's the redeemer. He's the rock. Amen? He's the rock. He's the rose of Sharon, the son of David, the true light, the word of God, and many more. That's Jesus. Revelation 22 says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'll tell you what this country needs. We need laborers and preachers to get up and preach Jesus. We don't need some goofy stuff that comes from the pulpits. We need to preach Jesus Christ. He's the answer. Mr. Biden needs Jesus Christ. Our Vice President of the United States needs Jesus Christ. Our Senate needs Jesus Christ. Country needs. I'll tell you what we need to do. need to fall in love with Jesus. I, my wife is not here today. And maybe it, but I, uh, I, I've never felt closer. I talk to him all the time now. About everything. I want to praise him. I want to please him. I want to please him. I don't want to be ashamed of him. I was coming back from Canada preaching, and there was a commotion on the first part of the aircraft, and. Uh, I said, who in the world's up there? And I, w I went up there, and I said, the stewardess was talking to this gentleman, and I said, kind of looked familiar, and I said, man, I said, I shook his hand, I said, who are you? He said, I'm Bob Bobby Hall. I used to play with the Chicago Blackhawks. We were in Calgary, Canada. I said, wow. And uh, I gave him a gospel track. He was talking about hockey. He was known, known as the Golden Jet. He just passed away. He could... A slap shot, if you know anything about hockey, he could take a slap shot from the blue line and get it in the goal. Unbelievable hockey player, one of the best, Hall of Famer. So I gave him a concert. He says, he says, where do you live? I says, Crown Point, Indiana. He says, you know, I, I live in downtown Chicago. I said, really? He says, I live right on Michigan Avenue. And he gave me his address. I gave him a gospel track. He had to get off the, he had to get off the aircraft. But he invited me, and you know, I just found out a few days ago, he just passed away. And Brother Collins, I regret it because I, I would think of that in my mind about, I need, he invited me, I need to go see Bobby Hall. Now, I don't know if he read that track and got saved, I have no idea, but I, I blew it, to be quite frank with you, and I felt so bad. The other day I read in the newspaper that Bobby Hall died, and I had him right in the, in the aircraft there. I never want to be ashamed of Jesus. I never want to be ashamed of him. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen? Chuck Ellerbrock, one of my closest friends, was a patent lawyer in Detroit, Michigan. Lived in Toledo, went to Brother Hobbins' church, and he commuted. And I want to say this because he got cancer. He had pancreatic cancer. And um, he was doing well, though. He called me and he, and we were very, very close. We went on vacations together. He lived in Minnesota, and then 
ended up in Ohio, but we did things together and told me he had cancer. Then he called me, oh, I don't know, maybe eight months later. He said, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Things look good. They've got one more tested result to get. And then he called me. He said, Steve, it doesn't look good. I said, what are you going to do? And here's what he told me. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to see Jesus. That's all I want to do. And he passed away. I went to his funeral. What am I trying to say? Do you really like him? Do you really love him? Do you really know him? Two weeks ago, I worked the platform. I worked the, the altar a couple weeks ago. All of a sudden, pastor stops everything. He's up there, and he says, Ernie, Ernie, go upstairs to my office and get my phone. Ernie, go upstairs. This is during the service. Ernie, go get my phone. I'm, I'm down here. Were, were you up there, Jack? Let's get my phone. Ernie comes, gets his phone. There's a lady that has, speaks Arabic, we, and we don't have nobody here. What? Is there anybody here that can speak Arabic? And nobody raised their hand. Nobody came forward. Said Ernie up there to get the phone. He, Ernie brings the phone back down. Calls this Mr. Gates. Gets Gates on the phone. Now it's FaceTime. Now Mr. Gates is on the phone. And Elton Mock is down there, and he brings the phone over to her. And this man, Mr. Gates, is giving her the plan of salvation. You say, why are you telling that story, Brother Froki? Because pastor knows it's all about Jesus. Somebody say amen. Because it's all about Jesus. Why did he stop the service and have the man go get his telephone? Why? He didn't want that lady to walk out that back door and not gear a presentation that Jesus saves. You're saved here to raise your hand. You ever thank Jesus for that? Or is it just a one-time thing? Do you love him today? Do you know him? You know who will keep you from falling? Jesus. Think on Jesus. I'll be quite frank with you now, and I say this humbly. I'm really not qualified to preach this message. I'm really not at all. Not at all. He puts up with me. My shortcomings, my attitude. But he tells me he still loves me. He's never given up on me. Shall we stand? You want to come and tell him that you love him today? You want to come and tell him that you love him today? I love you, Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Have you told him lately you loved him? Have you told him? Jesus is the sweetest name I know.